1: Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight.
0: Happy Friday to everyone. Hope your weekend has been happy. Hope your week has been happy because the weekend is here, everybody. Uh, But even if your week was a challenge, as I know mine was, I Am Athlete is here to set the weekend off right for you. I'm your host, Omar Kelly, the producer of I Am Athlete, and I'm joined by my co-host, 2014 All-Pro Cornerback with the Cincinnati Bengals. He's been the guy who's talked the longest about Joe Burrow being elite, being better than Josh Allen, and he proved that last week. One of the realest and most authentic guys in sports, and one of the most authentic guys I know, Adam Pacman Jones. Pac, how you been doing, brother? Omar, I'm
2: doing good. You know, it's our show tonight. The Pack and Omar show, you know, we're waiting on Auntie. Um, we don't know what's going on. She she had an emergency going on. But um, I'm excited, man. We got a lot of good things to talk about. Oh, um, and we could take our time tonight. No rush, you know. It just me and you on a date tonight, man. I'm athlete tonight hey. with me and
0: Omar on the date. You you know what's funny, Pat? Because I was just saying this to I was talking to my wife and I was just talking about you. I've had this conversation, I don't know how many times, just from shooting the IMs with you. Because wherever we go, somebody knows Pac or somebody's got a great Pac-Man story. And my my wife's cousin, he met you in Kentucky because, you know, Kentucky and Cincinnati, y'all neighbors. So um, he met you in Kentucky and hung out with you and you was the realest dude then. And just being there in Cincinnati, and taping the I am with you and, you know, in the circle K lady and the CVS lady and everybody in the town, uh, that's, that's realness. That, and, and that's the one thing I will say about you. If anybody ever asked me about Pac-Man, I'll say that dude is real authentic.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And you know, that's my problem. Sometimes I think I'm too real. You know, I don't think I'm a celebrity. That's the biggest pet peeve with my family and my wife. Uh, she's like, Hey, don't forget who you are. Like, you just can't be walking around. i like, everybody's everybody. You treat everybody right. You know what I mean? Hopefully they treat you right. But no, I'm out of 10 it don't happen like that. But yeah, man, Um, I've always been for us. And if I can help anybody, you know what I mean, with, without hurting myself. And if it's in the right form or fashion, I'm always going to do it. Let's get into the show, Omar. Market. we got some
0: talk about tonight, baby? Yeah. We got a good show for you tonight. D'Amico Ryan's is at the head of the line when it comes to two NFL coaching jobs. And we'll discuss which one do you think is the best fit for the 49ers defensive coordinator. Matt LaFleur quickly found work after being fired by the Jets, returning to a team that he's familiar with. That's what nepotism is all about. Uh, We'll also talk about an NFL player going on Twitter and requesting a massage therapist in Houston, Pack. Where does that sound familiar to you? Ugh. But first, let's let's get into D'Amico Ryan, who was a front runner for two NFL jobs. On Thursday, news came out that he was viewed as a front runner for the Denver Broncos job. Uh Pac actually addressed that and said he doesn't know if that's a great fit for the young man. But then on Friday, the Houston Texans, a franchise where Ryan spent most of his NFL player career as a player. Word started leaking out that he's a front runner for that job also, which isn't surprising considering his history with the Houston Texans. Ryan served as a 49ers defensive coordinator for the past two years. He's helped the 49ers defense finish the regular season second in total yards with 301 yards allowed and first in points allowed, 16.4. And before getting into coaching, he played for the Texans from 2006, 2011 two-time Pro Bowler, notably one defensive rookie of the year, and is considered one of the top defensive candidates. I'm not even going to say a Rooney Rule Roo candidate, because that would kind of be disrespectful, but he just so happens to be African American, and so he was, he's been on the, he's been on the interview circuit for the last two years, but it looks like he's approaching the point where he's going to get that, be able to kick down that glass ceiling pack. Which team do you think, if Offered the job is a better situation for D'Amico Ryan. Yo, you. Then
2: what was the three you said? Denver. Who else? No,
0: it's, it's 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 Denver Broncos and then Houston yeah. Texans.
2: All right, so this is me personally. Um, Denver Broncos don't match up. Denver Broncos need an offensive mind coach. Um, the Texans. I don't know, man. I'm so tired of this shit with the Texans. I'm. I. I <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Listen, it I know this is, what, this is what I will say. He's a defensive-minded player. He's been an All-Pro. He's been a Pro Bowl. I would go to Denver. Denver got a top-notch defense right now. Um, they got one of the best tandem secondary in the league. Um, all you got to do is go over there and help Russ. If you could go and find your offensive coordinator, um, after talking to Russ and figure out what he fit or what he wants, um, I think that's a way better situation than going to the Houston Texans. We all know what's done to happen the last couple of years with the Texans. You're going to get fired one year over there
0: if if you just look at somebody. Maybe wrong. maybe you last too, Pac. Uh, uh, the, the Texans is a troubling situation. I'm not necessarily certain um, that that's a good fit for anybody who would take that job just based on how that organization's ownership group has acted, um, how Nick Cesario has run the franchise. I mean, you fired two coaches – uh, in one and done season. Not, not, but, not,
2: not, even that Omar, you fired two coaches. You got rid of all your best player. Let's go back. Let's go down the list. All right. The quarterback. Yes. What's his name?
0: Um, um, uh, Deshaun, 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 Deshaun Watson, okay.
2: the receiver, my boy, what's his
0: name? Number 10. Uh, Come on now. goddamn. He's in with Arizona. The name escapes me. I, I, damn, DeAndre Hopkins. Come DeAndre on, Hopkins. Hopkins, yes. And then
2: they got rid of the DN. Then they they, they get really I don't know if JJ Watt. Yeah. They, they get rid of JJ Watts. I don't even know if we want to really talk about clowny. But everybody that's done came through Houston that's had any kind of uh, uh, uh input on on being good, you can even go back to the running back, Foster. Like, they don't got really everybody in that organization from
0: time in to time out. Who wanna be a part of it? I I I just don't understand, like. I mean, I I've covered organizations that are intentionally being mediocre so that they can stock up younger, cheaper talent. And the Houston Texans, they do hold the number two pick in the draft and the number twelve pick in the draft. That's what happens when you start purging your roster and and, and trading away better players for talent. Um and they're I believe they're forty million dollars under the cap, which you know is our is under the projected cap, which is which is pretty impressive. Uh, But that doesn't necessarily guarantee that it's going to be an instant turnaround, like what what you saw the Giants do this year um, or what you saw Minnesota do this year, uh, going from, you know, disappointing franchises to teams that made the playoffs. I think the Houston Texans, they were a gutted franchise and they got a lot of rebuilding to do. Um, And I don't touch that job with a 10 foot pole, to be honest with you, Pac. Well, uh, no. if, if offered, I don't even I don't even accept the job. The, the only good thing that the Texans have that
2: they that got two and 12 in the picks. Now, they might try to do something else to get another. Me personally, I would do whatever I can do to try to get me three first round draft picks so I can at least try to change the culture of 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 the Texans. But um, the you first got, round draft base
0: doesn't guarantee that you're gonna have a good player, Pat. It,
2: it doesn't matter because you ain't got no veterans that want to go to that motherfucker. So you better go and get you some first round guys <laughs> or some guys that you're
0: drafting that's guaranteed they gotta be there. That's true. Guaranteed, it, it, it's fair. Cheap labor, cheap labor is important in the NFL. But I, I'm, I'm, if, to me you, if you're D'Amico Ryan, you got to take that Denver situation. Obviously, they're gonna put you in position of power. Um, what does that mean for Russell Wilson? I don't know. It probably depends on who you can get to become your offensive coordinator because we all know that, that the offense was the issue and and the coach would have to be able to get Russ to that next level, help Russ elevate his game and get him back to where he was when he was with the Seahawks. Um, I'm not sure that's going to be e- – that's probably going to be easier said than done, but as we know with African-Americans – and when you look at the history of what's gone on with Brian Flores and Steve Wilkes and Leslie Frazier and Lovey Smith, beggars um, can't be choosers. And we—it's not like people are banging down our door to give us opportunities to coach one of these three and one of these thirty-two NFL teams. So it's—it's—it's it's, it's, you know, D'Amico might have to take what's offered.
2: Um, I don't know, man. I, I just—I don't agree. I, if that's the case, should I stay stay where I'm at? He got a good situation. Um, Not and everybody's like
0: Jerry Jones making it rain, Pac. Hey, man, San Fran, they paying. Let's hope so. Are you comfortable, Pac, with one African-American, one person of color breaking through the glass ceiling every offseason? Is, is that going to help us change the tide of this disparity that we have when it comes to fairness and equality in the hiring practice of the NFL coaches and NFL GMs?
2: No. How is it going to change when every year when I'm getting fired? <laughs> like it's like, all right, <laughs> all right, cool. You know what I <laughs> mean? You get a year, boom. Uh, you they, say, get a year, they, boom. they look
0: at franchises and say, "It's your turn to hire one now?
2: Yeah. Your turn to hire one, boom. I don't know, man. I, I, I know it's a lot of good African-American, I mean, black coaches or whatever race you want to call. People uh, of color, minorities. People of color. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of them coaching position. Um your the, the main coaches that really coach are the position coach. Um those guys are the guys that have the relationship with the players, um, that come talk to us when you when we like, nah, I ain't doing it today. You know what I mean? So those, those those that go a long way. I think I don't know, because I really I, I really don't like the Texan situation for. Them. Um I think Denver it's good, but the Denver situation, you only got two years. Like, there's no way that you can do what they did this year and think uh and do it next year and think you you'll be around. So it's a touchy situation. And where yeah. you now like, shit, they playing for the uh championship this weekend.
0: And 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 also if you keep in mind Denver's in a very tough division. Um, I, I do hear what you're saying, I, and I do agree with you. It might it might only be a two year window because it's not like unless you're getting rid of Russell Wilson and starting over with another quarterback, he's not getting any younger, and neither is that defense. So I, I totally hear what you're saying. Let me let me ask you this question, Pack, because I've always known this as somebody who covered the league. They feel comfortable with African American coaches coaching defense, maybe even being a defensive coordinator. Now you can coach the secondary and you can coach running backs and wide receivers. Why don't you see African-Americans venture out and become more special teams coaches or become more um, offensive coordinators? Why, why is it that you think that they don't elevate? Um, That's a good question. Um, Some of them do, but
2: like the same reason why they don't elevate to be a head coach. There's not too many guys that get the chance to be a head coach as an African American, same way as coordinator. Because normally, if you're a really good coordinator, you're gonna get a shot to be a head coach. Like Luan Marmo is a hell of a defensive coordinator. Um, I don't know how long we're gonna be able to keep him, but he deserves a head coaching job. Like you can't hide that um when you're an offensive coordinator or, or defensive coordinator. I can hide a position coach, even though he might be doing the personnel and doing all the fronts on third down. I can hide that. You get what I'm saying? But I can't hide if he got the title as a defensive coordinator. It's a lot of DB coaches around the league um, that do the whole third-down package. And you'd be surprised that the D.C. don't even do the third-down package. A lot of a lot of the NFL teams, um, the defensive uh, back coaches um, sit in there and they come up with the plan with the coordinator. Now, you do got some great defensive coordinators like uh, the Mike Zimmer – the Paul Gunthers, the Louie uh the Buckets. i can go on down the line. The Pittsburgh, you know where where
0: things are different, but um, it's hard, bro. It's hard out here. Yeah, no. I've always wondered, also, why don't more players get into coaching and players get into the front office and scouting and 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 being executives for organizations? But you know, I, I understand after your playing career, you probably last thing you want to do is spend twelve hours in the building. Well, me
2: personally, I don't want to coach, but I'm one of those guys that can tell you everything that's going on in the game. I'm talking about from kickoff return to kickoff to punt to punt yeah. return. Uh, I'm, I played every special team and I started on defense, so I was pretty smart of knowing everybody's job, um, and that's a big thing with what's going on. But it's hard for us as African-American coaches to, um, Getting these key positions and we see it time in and time out, time out. And a lot of these coaches um that that are not African American coaches um can lose way more games and, and get away with it. That's true.
0: Or get but, hired, get rehired.
2: Yeah, but oh. if you got an African American quarterback and you're a white coach and you're losing, they're gonna get your ass out of there. So it's like it's it's kinda tit for tat. It's kind of funny how they play that game. Um and nothing. With the race thing, but it it is what it is, you know what I mean. Yeah. So um, that's that's what it is, man. Like I've I've,
0: I've always said that um, for an African American, right now you see the trend. If you want to fast track your way to the NFL head coaching position, one you got to be a former quarterback coaching quarterbacks, or you just have to be a quarterback or what I call a quarterback whisperer. That it doesn't matter if you're a leader or not. If you if you do that, you work with quarterbacks. you'll get that opportunity. You'll be fast-tracked like a Ken Dorsey. But uh, so that's why I think it has to be more African-Americans working with the quarterback. But then when you look at a Byron Byron Leftwich, even that doesn't even save you. Yeah. um, Well,
2: this is I'm Athlete. This is Omar. We're we're going back to Myla Flair. Think about taking the coaching job at Denver Broncos or the Texans. Um.
0: DeMar- yeah, DeMarco Ryan. Uh, I'm say let- DeMarco Ryan. Sorry, but
2: yeah. back to what you were saying before. You before you go. But on, go on. You was talking about um our boy down in um Tampa. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich.
0: Before Big Fella left, do you think he had totally control of the offense? No, he didn't have total control of the offense. That was Tom Brady's offense. Okay. I just. I want. I just want to make sure. I mean, and I don't think if if you look at it. You know, a lot of people don't realize this and probably don't give it the respect that it's due, but I'm a person that always believes that the football games are won and lost in the trenches. If you look at what happened to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before they even began the season, their offensive line got gutted um, from injuries, retirement, um, free agency, and so it impacted their play. So you're already stuck. Then they had injuries, not to make excuses for Tom Brady, but- they just weren't a good team to begin with. And it's unfortunate Byron left, which it cost him his job, especially when he turned down the Jacksonville Jaguars job as a head coach. But, hey, these are these are the cars that you're dealt, and I'm sure he'll find a, a way to re- rebound and respond and, and get back up to the top.
2: Let me ask you this, Omar. Do you think um, leftwood you think he's going to get a head coaching job now? Do you think he'll have a shot to get another head coaching job?
0: Uh, in time. I think African-Americans history has ta- taught me that we have to do be twice as good at our, as our job to get the same opportunity. So he'll probably have to go lead a top five offense for probably two or three seasons before his name gets back circulating as, as a head coach candidate. And I know that's unfair, but but that's the world that we live in. Whereas Ooh, if he oh, was no. we'll Matt see. LaFleur, speak, speaking of guys who failed at their job but still got elevated, uh, Matt LaFleur, uh, he was hired as the offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams. It was recently announced t- two weeks ago. The Rams began their search for a new coordinator after the departure of Liam Cole, Cohen, uh, who left to become the offensive coordinator for the Kentucky Wildcats this past season. The Rams offense struggled finding a rhythm. However, a lot of that had to do with losing uh, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cuff, Allen Robinson to season-ending injuries. LaFleur, ironically, spent the last two seasons as the Jets offensive coordinator, where he led an offense that finished 29th, pack. That impress you? Then uh, last... The season no, before- it don't. Yeah. The season before that, he led an offense that finished 28th, pack. That impress you? Uh, no, it don't. Before LaFleur got to the New York Jets, though, he coached with Kyle Shanahan as a passing game coordinator uh, and wide receivers coach with the 49ers. So and everybody know, everybody in, in the coaching community knows that uh LaFleur's, the LaFleurs, the Shanahans, the McVeys, they all a the little tight click. They all work together. So it doesn't really surprise me that 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 LaFleur has uh has reunited with with somebody in the click. Um with not much success during his two seasons with the New York Jets, does the floor come in, restore the Rams offense, and bring back a title contender? No, he's not calling no plays. Come on, man. Like
2: (laughs) that's true. 29th in scoring. 29th in scoring um um the last year. The last two years they've been to 19th in passing, 19th in rushing. Like, they've just been a team on the offensive side of the ball. Like, how – he should have been fired. He should not be going to – last year the Rams was in the Super Bowl. And I know the Rams had a lot of injuries this year, but, like, how do you get better by bringing a guy in that have nothing positive going on? I don't
0: understand. He's got a great football name, though. He's a LaFleur. I respect that, but what have
2: he done for me lately? That's Adam Jones, Brandon Marshall, T.O., Brandon Moss. You can go down the list. We all got good names, but it all comes down to what have you done for me lately? When you when you can't run down the field. When you can't turn. and You can't catch the ball. Or you can't get up the field like you used to get up the field. They, re- they replace you. And sometimes you have to come take a sit down and look at it from the outside in. To get back in the game, but I, I I don't understand this move. It must be because of the nepotism. Of, of, of whatever this is right here. But uh, um you cannot tell me that this this helped the Rams. I know last year they finished last in the NFL in yards, but you is it to... really the yeah. offensive coordinator? Yeah. No. The offensive coordinator got you to the Super Bowl the year before that.
0: True. That's a very valid point. Let me let so me So you're telling
2: me Sean McVay think he's that bad?
0: He's that bad. Here here's my here's my question uh and I'm very clear that I and I don't know Matt LaFleur. Um I I don't know his brother either. The the head coach of of the uh, Green Bay Packers. But what I do know is nepotism right. is real. You probably dealt with it on every squad that you've been on, Pack. Where a son is an assistant coach, son of somebody is an assistant position coach or a quality control coach, and then he, they eventually rise to position of power, and they take care of one another. There's nothing wrong with that pack. Now does that: yeah, help But, you? but Mike ahead. need to perform. Mike is not performing.
2: He have not performed since he was with somebody else. So He's he been on his own his last two years. He he been he ain't even been average, bro. It's 32 teams. He's he's been averagely at the 20th team
0: every every year. Now, but the, in fairness to my uh, to LaFleur, he hasn't had a good quarterback to work with. And I think that you're looking at the Jets situation where, you know, Joe, they've had Joe Flacco starting for a handful of games, probably about a half a dozen games. Joe Flacco's been toast for probably the last half half a decade. So Mike, Mike White, uh Joe Flacco, it's not a good situation. So I'm not sure that it was fair to evaluate him based on what he had to work with. Now, does well, it hurt him that he couldn't develop a quarterback? Yeah, you, can say, you can say all that,
2: but we all know that Matt LaFleur was uh McVay coordinator in 2017. And we all know that this is the only reason why Mike is getting the job. Mm, you're right. Now I understand you talking about he ain't developed this, he ain't developed that shit. He ain't developed. He need he 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 need to go sit back over there. He got go he got go back to school. That's why he going back over there.
0: Yeah, that's come, true. Because come on, come on back to school. Let me show you how I go. Sean McVay, he does his own – he calls his own plays and is is considered a, a genius and a mastermind of offenses. So maybe maybe LaFleur can go over there and learn a thing or two, and, and maybe the Rams get better when they get healthy. I mean, this is a team that right. won the Super Bowl last year and they just right. fell off a cliff.
2: As an offensive coordinator, when you don't score a touchdown in the final three weeks, I don't care who's the quarterback. Uh, you can pick any NFL quarterback. If you don't score a touchdown – in the last three weeks, which is the, the 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 nuts of the season, if we win one of these games, we're in the playoffs.
0: Oh man, Pack, come on! Oh, you you come saw on. how bad they were playing down the stretch. Oh my god, I hear you, but like the bar—you uh, bar, raising the bar
1: just a little bit too high for the, for the Jets. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will rain. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
2: We back on I'm Athlete tonight. It's your boy, Adam Pacman Jones in the one and only Omar Kelly. Uh, My next block is could the NFL championship be moved to Sunday and Monday event Mm. on the heels of a neutral site conference championship game? Pro football talks talks is reported. Another idea gaining some traction in the NFL. Jamming the conference championship game into two days instead of one. We do it two days on a Sunday and Monday I looked down here and the fans on Twitter, I don't think they really like the idea, but currently one game in, the next one starts. By Monday morning, the by Monday morning, one of the teams, the games dominate conversation by split them into it two full days. Placed no on one game. Before attending shifts to the next one, the NFL would dominate the sports conversation all day Sunday, all day Monday, all day Tuesday. With two-week breaks before the Super Bowl, the teams will win. The team that went on Monday, the team that went on Monday night will experience no advantage when it comes to preparing for the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it would it would give two teams to play on Monday, no extra days of preparation. If the Chargers, Rams, or Jakes, or Giants ever hosted the conference championship in the same playoff cycle, the league may decide to give it a try. Omar, my yes, question sir. to you. How do you feel about the conference championship game being split over two days?
0: I have been warning everybody that we are heading in this direction of neutral sites Uh Pernell, You was on there when I'm sitting here fighting with dudes and telling y'all when I, when I heard that idea about, you know, cause the, cause the game got canceled Um, heard that, Hey, they might be going to a neutral site, and then they decided that if they were going to Atlanta. I said it's over for conference championship games being hosted by the team with the best record. Once the NFL figures out how to make more money, how to create a bigger stage, if they can figure out a way how to turn $11 billion into $11.3 billion, they will do it. Well, are if, they gonna, if, the reason
2: why they're gonna do it, Omar, because you gotta think about this. If you got one full day, guess what? It's longer pre-game, right? Yeah. It's longer advertisement, it's longer mm-hmm. post game. Oh, so yeah. like a, a lot of the the uh, the, the main attraction is, is gonna be the sponsors and
0: stuff. Cause you got the, the whole day. Absolutely. Not not only that pack, but Think about it. And 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 obviously, this is something that they'll go to the owners meeting and they'll figure out. But they're trying to turn the environment of conference championship games into the bowl system games where you got big sponsors, you got whole cities, whole cities are bidding for. it, So maybe you get, you know, maybe if you got the Super Bowl coming in 2026, you might get the com- the AFC conference championship game coming in 2025, just to you know the build up to it. And what I'm interested to see is if they would do the championship games on the same site on different days, or if they would just move it to, let's say, one conference championship game is being played in in Dallas's mega mega structure arena, and then the other is being played in Atlanta. You but know, like.
2: For players, like, this is not college, bro. Like, that's the only reason why I don't agree with this. Do like, you like a bigger bag, though, Pac? The, 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 I don't think the bag changed for the players, though. Well, it does because if 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 the if bag – how,
0: how is it going to change? Tell me now, that. Now, it's not going to change out of your pocket because you're not going to be paid any different for the playoffs. But what's going to happen is the coffer – because y'all get 50% of the revenue that the league makes. That's what determines what your salary cap is. So if the salary cap gets big, the only way the salary cap gets bigger is if the league continues to make more and more and more money. So now if we move to these neutral sites for these championship games, you make more money. How does it how how do you think they make more money moving to a neutral site when people got to travel? That, no, that, that there's going to be teams that's going to be bidding to host. Then you got you got advertisers that's going to sponsor everything uh the walkway and the, the 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 hotels so it's about advertisement and sales and marketing and 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 you know super I'm sorry South Florida is going to try to be hosting the AFC Championship game I mean we already host the Orange Bowl what what's an AFC Championship game and so it's all about making more money well I'm I'm quite sure
2: that South Florida is going to be the top choice Omar of course because yeah.
0: It's summertime in winter. That's correct. See, uh, and, and and I don't, I know y'all like the elements. Like I looked at that Cincinnati Buffalo game, and I was just like, "Man, I wanted to be a track meet. It's not going to uh, be a track meet in that snowy surface. Like that's not.
2: That, I I get it. Oh, that's, are you serious? Well, hold on. This is I'm athlete, and we're this Adam Pacman Jones. And Omar Kelly and we were talking about uh, could the championship be moved to a neutral site for a Sunday Monday event? And Omar is with it. I'm definitely not with it. Um, now he got a, a problem because of the the, the conditions that was last always. week. Like, always. are you serious?
0: A- a- always packed. Always packed. I I look at it from the standpoint, and you got to understand. So i not. You- out, I'm not out there number one. So. And I, I wouldn't want to be out there. So I, I know you probably – you you you, you played most of your career in Cincinnati. Y'all ain't even had no indoor practice facility. So if it snow, y'all was just out there in the snow. Um, th- th- that Right. It, so you tough. And, and you probably was one of them guys out there with no sleeves on while it was snowing. And I probably looked at you like you was crazy. But I'm going to say this. And I want you to understand I'm speaking for the average fan. That slow track, that low-scoring game—it wasn't whack. slow.
2: It wasn't slow for the Bengals. It looked like they was moving pretty fast to me.
0: It's it's uh, whack. Huh? It's whack. I, I want I want I want to I want to I want to track me. I want a, a, a high-scoring game, and all these Green Bay forty—you know, like the remake 49ers game, where the whether weather and elements play a factor in the game—that's whack. That's not that's not good for TV. And what, whatever's not good for TV isn't good for, for NFL pockets.
2: So are you telling me during the regular season that when we're going to play up in Kansas City this weekend when it's yes. minus 12? Yes. And then when you're going playing in Miami okay. in the beginning of September when it's 105, uh, <laughs> that just because of the fans, that they like the sun and don't like the cold, there's a better spot to play in?
0: I just want the elements to not be a factor in the game. That's that's I, and I know that 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 that's why people build domes, Pack. That's that's why these cities. Indianapolis has a dome. Atlanta has a dome, even though it don't even snow in Atlanta. Like the 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 weather shouldn't be a factor in the game. And if it is a factor in the game, and I get it, that's authentic football. That's that's old school football. But old school football don't 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 get you to fifteen billion dollars. Man, I don't know. I don't agree with that. We got
2: we got a call on the line. Sean, the producer said we got a call on the line. brunell caller. Yep, uh, we got uh
1: Nick
3: in uh, L.A.
0: Nick, Nick in L.A. Who wants to talk about uh, Matt Lafleur? What's what's on your mind, Nick?
3: Hey, fellas. Hey, I, I actually real quick. Are they saying on Monday? Like Monday when everyone's working?
0: Sunday, yes. Monday. Hey, don't you watch Monday Night Football? Come on now.
3: Yeah, but I got stuff. You know, I, the whole deal is you sit down on a Sunday and you you double up and you get both Tell teams. Him. And I get, I, you know, come on, like that's I got six hours with no headache. Like that's the deal, not two days of like. And I and I and actually, I think that's that is an advantage for the team who plays first, right? Come on, you get to know uh, who you're going to deal with. It's it's right? just one day, well, though. I don't know. Just... What? it's one day but i get it i get the um i get the revenue thing um but i was going to say about mike Le, uh cuz as a jet fan it was it was brutal um but my question to you guys was kind of like do you think like McVeigh and that whole wave of like young guys kind of gave guys opportunities that weren't ready like everyone was searching for like a young mm-hmm. mastermind and it's like i saw 12 quarters of No touchdowns. I mean, that's almost impossible, you know? Mm. Like, so I don't know, like, if these guys are just, like, maybe that's part of the nepotism conversation. Maybe that's part of life or, like, hey, man, these guys are getting shots. But I'm actually kind of glad we hired uh, Hackett because it seems like, Mm. you know. He's a nepotism hire, too. I know. I know. And we ran his dad out of town, too. So, uh, you know. Way back I in forgot
2: the day, about that but... part. <laughs> so, well, 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 thank you, Tim. No, Appreciate it. Um, Tim. Tim' question was: Do we think that uh, that's since Nick. McVay, I mean, huh?
0: That that Nick, was Nick. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Nick.
2: Um, question was: Do we think uh McVeigh opened up the pipeline to get the younger go- guys hired? And absolutely were they ready
0: when they got hired. No, they weren't. Not everybody is. But but I what I what I respect about Sean McVeigh is. He's got one of uh, outside of Andy Reid, and I've looked it up. He's got one of the better pipelines for young coaches and his coaching tree is quite phenomenal. Um now, I know Zach question, Taylor ended up being pretty good coming out from over there. Yeah, now it, it, absolutely. He certainly did. Um Zach Taylor's also on the, the Joe Fieldman coaching tree too. Um so yeah, it, it, hey, it 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 helps who you work with. Yeah. Um I think that not everybody is meant to be a head coach. But if you know the right people and you make the right connections and you're part of the right click, it certainly helps you. And that click happens to be Sean McVay click. He was he was hot. He was hot. He was like a it was like a fashion designer that had a hot line of sneakers or bags. And everybody just wanted one pack. And, yeah. and, and- I
2: totally agree. He was like the hot boys when they came out. Lil Wayne, B. G. Oh, yeah. uh,
0: absolutely. Yeah,
2: all his money. Yeah, so he, he had a good line. We, we got Tim from North Carolina. He want to talk NFL business model. What's hey, up, Tim? How
4: you
0: guys Excellent, um, Tim. How you been?
4: I'm real good. Is that pack that's on there, man. You, are, yeah. I just wanted to give you your yes, sir. On- I'm Joe Burrow, man, all year you've been saying it, been saying it, been saying it. You know, uh, but I what I really it. wanted to talk to you guys about was the whole business model that the NFL has become. And I think you guys have to agree that that in a lot of ways it does a disservice to the idea of what we call the team. The team doesn't really exist anymore. Basically, it's nothing but speculation. I mean. And and and, sp- and it's and it's based on potential. Like I'm going to pay you in advance based on your potential. So what that ha- What happens is you have these teams that have three or four big dollar players, mm-hmm. and the rest of the team is made up of veterans, rookies. Yes. Trades that you can get guys. That <clears> throat> throat>
0: throat> cheap veteran free agents. Yeah. And, I I. And I so
4: it, it, but you know who flips the bill for this is the fan ultimately, because you got to keep raising the prices. You know, the Uh capitalistic system, everything has to keep going up and up and up. And here's the biggest problem I have, is that I think it places a very unfair uh, balance when it comes to people that are from uh, certain backgrounds. Like, see, everybody's, you know, down on Dak for his performance and all that without knowing anything about his background. And what happens is when you get the high reward, all of a sudden you have high expectations. And people like you know maybe like uh, well some guys when they get the big money they sort of flunk out i e cam newton i e joe flacco
0: i e oh hold on wait 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 wait, wait, hold on tim Tim. cam newton cam cam went to the super bowl tim cam played well for a long time for decades
4: big contract after he got that big contract
0: they were never able to put enough players around cam to keep him going okay. I see what you're saying. I I see what you're saying. I think you're saying. I think you're saying the quarterback money is preventing teams. But that's the model every team has. The model is to build your team as strong and as young until you have to pay the quarterback, and then you. you,
4: Let me me give you one quick example. Like you take somebody like Lamar Odom, play a ten year career in the NBA, over his his 10-year span, he made $100 and $110 million, which in today's terms would be about $150 million, got two rings, okay? And he was basically servicing the contracts. He never demanded the most money, but he played with really solid teams. I don't think you could put together that team anymore like that, especially not with the NFL model.
0: Uh, Certainly not.
4: Don't don't you guys think that some of these – players that are very young that get very big contracts are put under an extreme amount of pressure that they themselves have to home up, home up to you know what I mean I mean like
0: let me let explain let me explain, let me explain. <laughs> I appreciate your call Tim let me explain the NFL's business model to you okay because I've, I've covered the league for for 15 years and and I consider myself one of the authorities from a business standpoint of the NFL because I could I can look at a team's roster and I can tell you who's gonna get cut, who's who's gonna get shaken down. Um, you know, when you look at an NFL roster, they're usually about a dozen to 16 players who are making over six million dollars a year. And I'm not counting what they got in their signing bonus three years ago. I'm counting what does your paycheck say? Are you making six six million dollars a year? That's 16 of 53. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody else. Is a, making a million or, or three million or a thousand years because a lot of the guys on the back end of the roster are a thousand years. Now, the problem with that is that's good money to the average public, but it's not good money as professional athletes and all the work they have to put in. Now, on top of that, you have non guaranteed contracts. So basically, unless you're a rookie, or you just got a fresh deal for a multi-year contract, your, your money isn't guaranteed. And then even if it is guaranteed, based on what they need or how you performed or what the circumstances is or how much they got to pay the next quarterback, they probably going to come to you shaking you down to make you take a pay cut unless you want to start <laughs> over with a new franchise and move on. That's, yeah. just, that's just the nature of this league. It's unhealthy, it's problematic, but this is part of the culture because nobody wants to do what it takes to make the sacrifice to get guaranteed contracts. And and you know, there have only been two quarterbacks, two players really, that are non rookies in NFL history that have gotten fully guaranteed contracts. Yeah. Their names are Kirk Cousins and All of them. Huh? what'd you say? Kirk had got all his guaranteed. Kirk sure got all every dollar of his yes. money guaranteed, but he had to be franchised twice to do it and had to walk away from that in Washington. And then and then um homeboy with Houston. Houston he uh Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun yeah. Watson is the is the second one. The problem is the next cycle of deals, Kirk, uh Kyler Murray, the next cycle of deals uh uh Russell Wilson who thank god Denver's probably praising god that that wasn't a fully guaranteed contract and then and then Lamar Jackson yeah these are these are the guys the quarterback has to be the one who breaks down the barrier and unfortunately that's just not going to happen
2: um this is I'm um, athlete this is that is Omar Kelly I'm Pacman Jones Souls Gardner Okay, Aaron Rodgers to come into New York. We have been talking about Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, but since Hackett have become the offensive coordinator, um, it seems like people are talking over there. Sauce Gardner had this to say earlier on Jets TRT. You know, I would I wouldn't mind that. You know, I just want sure I want what's best for the offense, but. Same time, I got to just focus on on my job and focus on what we got going on on the defensive side. Oh, which was so funny. He came back to say that Aaron Rodgers is elite and wanted to answer. He wanted him on his team. He's the MVP. Um, Omar, my question to you with the changes in offensive coordinator, do you think Aaron Rodgers will land with the Jets?
0: I think. If he did, history would be repeating itself with Brett Favre, finishing his career with the New York Jets. Um, I think Nathaniel Hackett becoming the offensive coordinator probably makes them the favorite or the front runners. Um, I, I I just don't know if that's the move that I would make. I would probably rather go with Derek Carr than Aaron Rodgers at this point. If I was Der- the Jets. Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers? I don't think. Come on. The way it's going Der- it for the offseason program. Yeah. How many years is he going to play? Do you, do you- I'm saying
2: with, the way that he's th- – man, have you? did you not watch the season? I mean the season this year? Like 90% of the first five games is because they was dropping balls, not because he wasn't throwing darts. Okay. Um, he I still do didn't think pass for over
0: 300 yards all season.
2: He didn't. And that was the issue, but it was one game from the playoffs. And we still having these conversations. It's a lot of guys – that haven't threw over 300 until last week and when we praising him every week um so i don't i can't measure um his career with this year because it was kind of up and down but we all know that aaron Rodgers can throw the ball anywhere bro and me personally i, I don't know i think that's a good fit i am athlete tonight It's part of the series xm sports podcast network support i am athlete tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review that's a big deal guys stop being lazy pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast want more catch the full two hours of i am athlete tonight weekdays at 7 p.m eastern on mad dog sports radio series XM channel 82. Go to seriousxm.com backslash IAA tonight trial to start your free trial today. Serious XM Podcasts.
1: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards.